When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. I'm solid to the crack, never change me and my son the rain. It gets wet when we hang. I'm solid, could touch the blue part of the flame, the blue part of the flame. And nothing I just want to roll with those in the bottom. Give me some Lord Fire. The Sports Comedy Podcast that scored six straight touchdowns in the Rose Bowl after everyone went home. I'm your host, Adam Weinrib, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, playing in every reporter's ears to drown out Joe Judge's 10-minute monologue about how they don't make good honey mustard anymore, and on ESPN3 opposite the Manning cast, but it's just me and puppets. Big show today, comedian and SNL alum Luke Null stopped by to talk about his AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals on the heels of an exciting clinch. But first, let's take a quick trip through the headlines. Antonio Brown tore off his jersey and shirt and ran onto the field of play in the middle of the Buccaneers' last-second win over the Jets at MetLife. After the game, Bruce Arians said Brown, quote, is no longer a buck, but added that he can keep crashing in Brady's house if he needs to. Brown was spotted outside the stadium waiting for an Uber after leaving the game. Unfortunately, that Uber then drove through the tunnel and back onto the field, another in a long line of distractions. Brown's first comment after the game on Twitter was a glamour shot, accompanied by the caption, Super Gremlin. Ah, so that clarifies it. We mean this sincerely. We just hope he gets the help he needs. He, meaning Tom Brady. AB was spotted the next night sitting courtside at Nets Grizzlies at the Barclays Center. Hey, security, he has the most famous fake vaccine card in America. You don't care. Ben Roethlisberger played his final game in Heinz Field Monday night. Roethlisberger's box was overflowing with friends and family, while the box directly next to it was overflowing with accusers. No matter how you feel about Big Ben, it was pretty overwhelming to hear the PA announcer say, one last time, intercepted by Jadevian Clowney somehow. Wow, did that ball roll on the ground? After the 26-14 win, Roethlisberger did a very emotional farewell interview with ESPN, and I believe we have the audio there. Oh man, this is just a special place, and it's special to be out here in front of these fans one last time. I can't think of this place without these fans. It just, well, it wouldn't be the same place. But oh my god, I'll try to think about it. There it is, the place. But where are the fans? Ah, there they are, the two things. Oh man, I can't stop thinking about the fans. Oh, but I almost stopped thinking about the place can't be doing that i i guess it's just gotta be both okay i accidentally just thought about the place on top of the fans and it's bad the image has gotten very tragic so to answer your question no i'm not retiring jets coach robert sala said he was sick after blowing a fourth down call that led to the bucks game winning drive unfortunately that's a symptom of the debrickashaw variants after a 29-3 loss to the bears Giants head coach Joe Judge claimed former players have been calling him saying they wish they'd come back to the team despite signing bigger contracts elsewhere. 
Judge hung up that call by saying, Sorry you're so upset with your ESPN deal, Eli, but I don't think we've got a spot for you. Judge also assured everyone the Giants were not a, quote, clown show organization, clarifying that his clowns were not very organized. A railing collapse at the Washington football stadium, knocking fans onto the field as Eagles QB Jalen Hurts walked by. Hurts was unharmed because the fans were just leftover cardboard cutouts. The Washington football team announced plans to reveal their new name on February 2nd. They also announced plans to scrap it for a third name on February 4th and apologize for the third name's racist typo on February 5th. The Cincinnati Bengals became division champs this weekend, and you can call Joe Burrow Clayton from The Bachelor because he fucked the entire AFC North and sent them all home crying. Cincy topped the Chiefs after converting a third and 27, which left defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo screaming, no, don't literally cover zero. It's not like Pepsi Zero Sugar. It's not a healthy alternative to regular coverage. Jeez Louise. I got a bunch of Amelia Bedelia's out here. Yes, you, Daniel Sorensen. Why are you in a Snuggie? Oh, God, not that kind of blanketing. This all happened during one timeout. NFL Week 18 will wrap with the Chargers and Raiders. The winner will go to the playoffs, while the loser will do a four-month engagement at the Bellagio called the Back in Satin Tour. Man, that just sounds so weird to say. Not NFL Week 18, the Chargers and Raiders in the playoffs. And MLB Network fired reporter Ken Rosenthal because of critical comments he made about Commissioner Rob Manfred. Yeah, it's probably a good idea to make a well-connected journalist mad if you're a commissioner with secrets. Best of luck to Rob Manfred, who's instituted a full lockout of his own email. This episode is brought to you by Blindsided, the Players' Tribune's first-ever mental health podcast. Plan your work and work your plan. For many athletes, saying such as this could be considered scripture permanent signposts lining the long road to success in sports. For some, the very act of pursuing a career in sports can give a sense of control, a sense of safety, so long as you stick to the plan. That is, until life happens. The kind of life that happens when you're making other plans. Breakdowns, insecurity, panic attacks, PTSD, addiction, sudden life changes, ones that require an athlete to toss aside their well-laid plans and answer the question, what's your next play? Blindsided is a podcast about sports, mental health, and life. Hosted by former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh. The podcast will share and analyze the moments from a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and what happened when it did. The podcast lets listeners hear these athletes describe moments when mental health became the most important focus in their lives. Blindsided then dives in deeper. It gets clinical and allows listeners to leave with an understanding of the different varieties of mental health challenges people face, why they appear, and how athletes in particular face them down. Blindsided is a sports podcast not only for people who follow sports, but also for those who don't. For those who do follow sports, guests this season include Kevin Love, Paul Bissonette, and Kurt Warner. The show will share the moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and mental health became the most important focus. So please check out the Players' Tribune's first ever mental health podcast, Blindsided, hosted by former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh. You'll be glad you did. Coming up next... Luke Null on the Cincinnati Bengals. Luke Null, thanks so much for joining me. First of all, welcome to the jungle, your AFC North champs. What a week to do this. Take me through your reaction to that absurd clincher against the Chiefs, which actually just happened. I'm still boned up from it. Am I allowed to say that on your podcast? That I, Absolutely. That I'm excited in a, in a, 
physical way still from it. Uh, no, I'm so pumped up. I'm so excited. It's been uh, a minute. It's been six years since since the old boys and stripes took the AFC North, and I'm pumped up for them. And I'm you know I'm I'm on cloud nine, especially to get a win over over the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, come on now. Sure, we got a little bit of help from the referees, but who among us has not received a little ref help now and again? You know, we yeah, I'll take it any way we can get it. So it, having a blast. I'm glad you brought up the Chiefs, too, because you, you did beat the Chiefs and you beat Heidi Gardner's Chiefs, uh, who's a friend of the pod. And I know y'all have spent suck some time- it. Yeah, I'm sure you've spent some time jogging back and forth on this in person, but did you send any trash talk back and forth during or after the game? I mean, do you dare do something like that? Absolutely, I did. I will say uh, the trash talk, it, like it's very civil between Heidi and I. Heidi's a great fan in that she's more about building her team up rather than like tearing my shitty one down. And so I'll give her credit like, it's, you know, Chiefs fans these last three years, they've become pretty comfortable, let's say. I'm going to I'm trying to be nice. Let's, they're not like on level with like Patriots fans quite yet in terms of just full blown, like we'll never lose type mentality. But, you know, they they aren't used to to getting an L. So uh, I had to resist rubbing it in when we won. But she was more just happy that you know, that the Benjis are going to be playing in the postseason rather than, but her husband, Zeb, he was talking mad shit and I had, and was sending gifts and I was like, Oh no, I can't, I can't handle this, but uh, I respect it. I respect both uh, sides of the coin. I think what's most important is that you are both going to the postseason. It was more of a, you know, it was more of an obvious, uh, you know, end to the season for the chiefs than it was for the Bengals, but the end of the road is not week 18 for either of your squads. Um, and a lot of that is thanks to Joe Burrow. Um, what has it been like for you to watch this season as sort of his coming out party? Obviously he's the number one pick for a reason, but that catastrophic injury throws things pretty yeah. off kilter. How is it, you know, watching an all new Joe Burrow sort of become, become a man in year two? Oh man, Joey B. Joey B, the, he's a savior. He died for all our sins last year. And man, oh man, that was just the worst. Like watching him go down last year, especially having like a coming out of a two and 14 season and then like getting Joe Burrow being so excited, him playing relatively well, but us still not really having any pieces around him to be able to compete really last year. And then seeing him go down like, it just sucks, but it was, it's just the most familiar and predictable Bengals fandom like outcome last season. Just being like, of course we can't have nice things. Of course our, our QB of the future is, has like structural damage in his leg and, and to see him come back this year, you know, firing on all cylinders and being playing. So, I mean, he's thrown a lot of picks. I think as of right now, I'm not sure if he still leads the league in picks, but the guy throws a lot of picks, but you know what? Sometimes He's just been playing out of his mind down the stretch here. And that's something that's been, uh, you know, just fresh air for Bengals fans. Cause it, it just seemed like for all those years, even the, the good years with Andy Dalton down the stretch, we always like kind of limped in. It felt like, you know what I mean? Like we never were playing the best football come December and January. We were always like, you know, even when we had good years, it didn't seem like, we were clicking at the right time. Like it does right now. Like Joe is just in the last two games is playing out of his mind. Like 
insanity. And the Jamar Chase element to the whole thing, like, I'm glad you brought up Dalton. I mean, of course you were going to bring up Dalton. Hey, I love Andy. You love him? Oh, I'm an Andy Dalton apologist for sure. I, I will always root for Andy Dalton. I think Andy gets a bad rap, but it's it's not fair to compare him to Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? Like, I think Andy gets needlessly crapped on a lot by our fan base. Where I'm like, you, you got to remember, he came in. 2011 with AJ Green, everyone predicted us to go 0 and 16 that season. Like we were in full blown rebuild. You know, we had just had all the Carson Palmer drama. He held out, you know, threatened to retire. It was just like an absolute dumpster fire. And then to have Andy come in and lead us to five straight playoff seasons, like that, you got to give the guy a little cred for that. Sure, we had like a great roster around him and an a baller offensive line and AJ green in his prime and all this stuff too. But it's like, you got to give Andy at least a little credit. It's, it's hard to go to the playoffs five straight years. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just think he gets crapped on a, a little bit needlessly, but Oh, well, he, he, he doesn't have this. He never had the ceiling that Joey B has. So I'm not gonna, I'm not comparing them at all, but you know, they call it the Dalton line for a reason. And I, I thought that was a little, I don't know. I, I'll always root for Andy. And, and, Andy rules. I love him. Good. I, I like that. I love that attitude. I, I don't want to diminish Dalton by talking about Burrow, obviously, because um, this, like you said, different animals. And same with Chase and Green. I think different animals. But I do think it's worth talking. And it's not like, look, the timing is obviously perfect. It doesn't take a genius to come on a podcast this week and host it like me and be like, Jamar Chase is something special. Because, like, yeah, we just right. watched a crazy thing. But I think I, I liked the pick when he was selected and the best friend element with Joe Burrow and, and all that stuff. But did you even expect him to be this good? Because this really is nuts. It, I mean, he, I expected him to be good. I was definitely in the team chase camp. But yeah, it's hard to be like, yeah, he's going to set the rookie receiving record. You know, he's going and then he set the Bengals single game receiving record yesterday so it's like he's not just good for a rookie he's like a top five wide receiver right now today year one at age 21 like the dude is insane but I still hear all of the people you know who had their uh you know express all these reservations because our offensive line was dog shit and is still pretty bad like Joe Burrow is the most sacked QB in the NFL. He leads the leagues in, in, in picks and we're still winning. So it's like, imagine if we get Joe an even average offensive line and give him a second without somebody, you know, slamming him to the ground every single play like it's happening right now. But yeah, I mean, Jamar is just nuts. He, he generational talent. I think he is a generational talent. Uh, when is the most recent time you've gotten a chance to see this team in person? H have you been there this year? I have. I've seen, I saw them this year, um, for arguably their worst game of the year. I, my bachelor party, um, was in Chicago this year. I, I had my boys come to Chicago and we saw week two Bengals at bears, <laughs> Uh, and that game included Joe throwing three interceptions in three back-to-back -back plays. So 
three straight passes, three straight picks. One of them was a pick six. We lost the game. It was a pretty miserable showing by the Bengals. And, and if you go back and look at all the games we played this year, it had to be the worst that our offense looked all year. So I'm really thankful that that was the one game I've gotten to see this year. If you want to feel better about that as a positive omen, I will tell you that my first New York Giants game of all time was Eli Manning against the Vikings. He did the exact same thing. I know he had two pick sixes. I believe he had three or four or maybe five picks. Uh, You could honestly sell me on five or six. It was the worst. It was the first football game I'd ever seen. It was the worst football game I'd ever seen. And it was the year they won their first Super Bowl over the Patriots. So just so you know. Was that 07? Yeah, that was 07, like November Thanksgiving-ish against the Vikings and Tavares Jackson. It was terrible. Oh, Tavares Jackson. There you go. I mean, so you're you're a big-time Giants fan then. I am. They're technically uh, in the NFL still, I guess. So both of us are fans of NFL franchises at this point, and, and that's great. Are you? Yeah, exactly. We are both NFL teams. Uh, didn't they set a record for like the least passing yards in a game in the Super Bowl era yesterday? Didn't they have um, like minus yards or something? I believe so. I didn't watch the game, and I, I why would you? This. I watched. Why uh, would you? Yeah, this will shock you, but I watched uh, Chiefs Bengals in the early slot. Um, I mean, come on. It was it was significantly more interesting, but there was yeah. I, I think Mike Lennon at some point was five for twelve for sixteen yards passing, which is a stat that I I don't understand where it comes from. Yeah, that's a bummer. I think that th- see, I feel like the there are teams in the Bengals have been that team for a long time that are like abhorrently terrible at playing professional football. But then there's teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars where it's like, it's so bad that you have to laugh like that. It's like entertainingly bad the giants. And I'm not trying to like pile it on. They're like, I'm like sad for giants fans because I feel like they're not even fun. Bad. They're like boring, bad. And that's just, they don't deserve that. You know what I mean? To like, are you a Daniel Jones truther? Are you a, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm definitely in between and I'm not going to be as negative on Daniel Jones as some. And I definitely understand that if I'm in a room and I'm like, look, he hasn't had enough of a chance yet. Everybody else has the ammo to be like, shut the hell up. dude. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. But I also, I do think it is valid that like, we just watched Daniel Jones. He basically ran a four and five or a four and six football team with a terrible roster. And then you take Daniel Jones out, put Mike Glennon in. And it's like, like you said, it's like 1930s leatherheads. Like I think John Krasinski was the halfback. Yeah, man. It's, I feel bad for him. They deserve better. The, you know, I'll say the whole, you know, New Jersey as a whole, that's a diss. That's a diss that all the New York teams are in New Jersey, but no, the jets and the giants. I'm just like, how are you guys? And then at the same time, I, the reason I feel the most bad for giants fans, it's like, at least when the Bengals are truly terrible, we never are on prime time and no one knows or talks about us. The Giants, it's like the Giants are terrible and let's give them four prime like Monday night football games so that everyone gets to see this. And it's like, that's just that's a that, like if I'm a Giants fan and I see that we have Monday night football scheduled for like week 15, I'm just like embarrassed. Like, I'm just like, don't give us like an early one. Give us like when we're still like the jury's still out. You know what I mean? Like give us a week two Monday night football slot. The late ones, they always give you, you get Collinsworth like talking up your third string quarterback being like, 
You know, fr- I like what I saw from Fromm all week. It's like, no, no you, you didn't. didn't. You absolutely did not like what you yeah, saw. Yeah, I feel bad for him. But the, the important thing is that you, you can get out of it. You know what I mean? Like, Joey B is our savior. And last year, we're 4-11-1. And then, you know, it's possible to go from worst to first. And that's that happens almost every year. So you never know. Yes. Clean, clean house, get back after it. Um, I do want to touch base and see where you land on, on this spectrum. You've full got blown autistic, a, a fully different... autistic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I wanted to check. That's the last thing yeah. I had to check. Um, in terms of you've got, a, you've got a division where, uh, all of the teams are very uniquely hated. A lot of people hate the Ravens and Steelers. The Browns have been the Browns for a long time. If you had to rank those teams that you're competing with on, on a year in year out basis, where what which one is the most hated? So it's really not even close. Like we hate the Steelers the most. Just the Steelers have mm-hmm. caused more pain for Bengals fans. And it's for a, <clears throat> a number of years, you know, like the Steelers and the Ravens, they see each other as rivals, right? They they don't even like the Steelers don't even view the Bengals as like their rivals really and it's certainly not their main rival so it's like that's part of the disrespect but also if you just like look back at the history between the Bengals and Steelers the Steelers have just ruined so many Sundays for me just the knocked us out of the 05 playoffs hurt Carson Palmer took his knee out you know Mm-hmm. first offensive series of the game for us just knocks us out right away 2015 the single most pl- difficult and painful loss I've ever endured as a fan you know just a full-blown meltdown against the Steelers they've knocked us out of the playoffs so many times and we've barely ever you know dented them so it was really nice this year to sweep the Steelers and all these Steelers fans are just like they don't know what to do not winning. They, they, they haven't had a losing season since 2003 or some shit. Like they have, they do not understand like the pain of, and, and they're still probably not going to have a losing season, by the way. But like, you know, losing seven games for them, that's a losing season. So it's like they're, they're so spoiled and have beaten up on us and the Browns for so long. I'm so excited for them to be shitty for a minute, like even for a year, like they just, their fan base needs to know what a four win season feels like. You know what I mean? Like I'm excited for that, for them uh, as much as I'm excited for, you know, the Bengals to be in it, but that's because I'm petty and I'm hurt. And I'm just like straight up Bane from Batman. Like I'm you know, born in the dark. So I only know pain and I can only feel pleasure by others feeling pain. Uh, that being said, my second most hated is actually for, for, I think it's still the Browns because I just know the most Browns fans than anyone else. And the Browns, I don't know, actually the, the, the last couple of years, my Browns hatred has subsided a bit. Like I was happy for them getting a playoff win last year and beating the Steelers, but uh, they definitely talk a lot of shit and I know a lot of Browns fans. So I respect them enough to hate them. Whereas everyone else sees them as like a Luigi playing little brother or whose controller is not plugged in. It's like, no, no, you got to give the Browns enough respect and hate to hate them. Cause it is fun to jaw back and forth. And then Baltimore is, you know, they, they talk like they've owned the Bengals forever, but they haven't like Carson Palmer had a winning record against 
the Ravens. Andy Dalton had a winning record against the Ravens. Joe Burrow has a winning record against the Ravens. Like the Ravens, despite being a more successful franchise, they have they have not had our number. Like we have beaten them more than they've beaten us over the last 20 something years. So not not sweating it. You clearly have a special place in your heart for the Steelers. Are you prepared to say uh, an emotional goodbye to Ben Roethlisberger? Do you have a goodbye message for him? I'd love it if he like pulls an Antonio Brown on tonight and just whips off his his uh his jersey and quits mid mid game. That would be great if he just ran off the field middle fingers up and and you know got back into his porn addiction or whatever it was that he had this offseason. I yeah, he there isn't a there isn't a sports personality that I dislike more than Ben Roethlisberger. I'm very excited for him to be gone, but now here's the thing. I say extend him. Let's see Big Ben, like offer Big Ben like a 35-year extension. Um, we'll just trot this dude out there and, uh, you know, he because he just, the wheels have fallen off. He does not look, he used to be such a, such a menace and just ruined my day all the time. But now I'm like, yes, this is, this is what I like to see from the Steelers is terrible ducks being thrown. He had wheels. He was, he was fast. It, it wouldn't make sense to viewers who are just now encountering him, but he was, he moved like a truck. Well, you can't, they couldn't tackle him either. Like he could just shrug off defensive ends, you know, he, cause he's the size of a lineman. So it's like, see, he's a freight train of a dude. So I, I mean, I, I do begrudgingly respect that he is good. Like, I'm not going to say he's not like probably a hall of fame player, but I do very strongly dislike him. As do I, someone who has very little affiliation to the region. Um, speaking of, how how passionate are you about the other Cincinnati sports teams? Are, are you a big Reds guy? And collegiately, do you have any affiliation there? Uh, big Reds guy. Definitely a big Reds fan. And they're, golly, they just love to rip your heart out too. Like the, like <clears throat> the Reds are even bigger bummers than the Bengals in my, during my lifetime. Like the Reds have done nothing. The Bengals have done nothing as well, but the Reds, it's like, they don't even give you hope, man. Like last year was the most fun red season in probably like seven years. And we were out of it with like a month to go. You know what I mean? Like, like it, 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 it Cincinnati really is, I would argue the worst in the last 30 years in my lifetime, there is not a city that has had more prolonged failure than Cincinnati sports. Like uh, the, the Reds have not won a playoff series since 1994. The Bengals have not won a playoff game since 1990, the 1990 season. Uh, it, it's been so long since either of those teams did literally anything fun that they've basically lost a full generation of fans like in the reds they just they'll you know the mlb has its own problems like they're never going to be able to compete because they're a small market team and they're you know they're not going to pay guys the way that you can get paid in new york or chicago or la like anytime a good player comes out of the red has a good season on the reds it's like oh cool bye you get to go have fun on with the dodgers or something you know what i mean like yeah, it's just it's pretty miserable. As far as college goes, I went to Ohio University, so not mm-hmm. a huge, not a big sports school, uh, big party town. But as far as like, you know, UC, like I watched UC, I knew they were going to get beat up by Alabama, but I was happy for them. They had a great year, but they're not my team. 
but I do root for um, Cincinnati three years ago, got an MLS team, FC Cincinnati. And so everyone was so fired up about it. They built them this shiny new stadium and they have won the wooden spoon, which is the award for the absolute worst team in the league three years in a row um, and have done it in stunning record setting ineptitude. Like their first year, they, they scored the least goals ever in, in the MLS the year after that, they allowed the most goals ever. So going from the worst offense ever to the worst defense in back-to-back year, it's just been a great time. They fit right in with the Bengals and the Reds. Like, it's just like, yes, absolutely. Give us another piece of crap. Uh, but I, here's the thing though, I'll still root for them. They're still my, they're my piece of crap. So love them. I'm learning about their existence right now. I already love them. Uh, no, no shame in that. Um, I, I want to get you on record just because, you know, week 18 coming up, playoffs around mm-hmm. the corner. Do you have, and obviously you're at your peak of vibing right now. Oh, I'm vibing. Do you have an official prediction for where you think this Bengals playoff run will end? Is this at least the year where they break the drought and win a game? <sighs> Adam, I, I, all I know is pain, right? Mm-hmm. I've watched, the, the Bengals have lost seven straight wildcard games, right? including five in back-to-back years, five straight years of making the playoffs, five straight wildcard exits. We've not made those the playoffs since 2015. It's been a long six years. My, my head is telling me, be smart, bet on whatever team is playing the Bengals because it's the Bengals in the playoffs. They're going to lay an egg. It's going to hurt. But here's the thing is after watching the last few weeks, this team is, they feel different. Like Joe Burrow, he's not the loser Bengals, man. Like for some reason he plays his best when the pressure's on. And I kind of have faith knocking on wood. Obviously, I don't know how the seating is going to shake out yet, but I do think in the wild card round, we got at least a good shot at winning one playoff game this year, which to me is the Super Bowl. Like, I don't need the Bengals to win a Super Bowl this year. I, and I don't expect them to. I don't, you know, if anything, this year's just been a great sign of things to come with Joe Burrow and, you know, the arrows are pointing up and everything's trending in the right direction. Do I think we're a complete enough team to go on a crazy run and win the Super Bowl? Probably not, you know, but if you can beat the Chiefs, if you can beat the Chiefs, then you can beat anybody. So I don't, you know, I don't count them out. I do think we stand a good chance at winning a, a home playoff game, though, winning the North and playing at home. And whether it's Indy or the Raiders or, you know, whoever it is, whoever gets in, we at least got a shot. And I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to say this is the year that we, that we, the monkeys off our back and we, and we win one and then we get like bodied in the second round, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. One win is more than I've ever experienced in my lifetime. And if that's sad, it's, it's because it is sad and that's all, but you know what I mean? I, we just need one as a fan base. Give us one. We need something. Take it from a New York giants fan though sometimes the Super Bowl run comes when you literally least expect it. So it's that's true. Don't rule it out. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I'm not ruling it out. If anyone like I will not bet against Joe Burrow. 
Like he's just, if you got Joe Burrow, you're in the game, you know? And so, yeah, it's been a really fun ride. And I'm, even if this isn't our year for a Super Bowl, I do think we, we might, we stand a good chance at one playoff win. Before I sign off, if you were smoking a cigar in the locker room next to Joe Burrow, what would you say to him? I would just cry. I would just cry. And I'd say these are bad for your, our health, guys, but I think we earned it. Luke, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Best of luck to your Bengals moving forward. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Who day, baby? <laughs> you said it, not me. Wow. Luke, no, everybody. Am I allowed to say who day legally? Who day? Oh, man. I've just been sued legally. And now, my final flame. If this is really it, Ben Roethlisberger's Heinz Field finale was packed with class and grace. If this isn't really it, well then, what a tremendous waste of time this was. No matter what happens from here, the Week 17 win over the Cleveland Browns certainly should have taught Baker Mayfield something from the other sideline. Yes, it is possible to win cleanly and with humility. And yes, in my goldfish-like memory, Baker Mayfield being cocky is certainly the worst offense ever committed by either of these two men. I don't care what team you're a fan of. If you didn't get choked up by Big Ben's post-game embrace with his family, then you're not human. You must be some kind of subhuman, like that Baker Mayfield. Oh boy, that guy really burns me. He's so small, so his cockiness is so much more dense than your typical athlete. He has a far higher cockiness per capita than most. Not than all, but than most. Mayfield could certainly learn a thing or two from number seven. For example, how to be larger. Say what you will about his accuracy and his deep ball, but Roethlisberger could crush Mayfield between his thumb and forefinger or honestly, his thumb and any of the four classic fingers. And oh boy, he's just so smug, wearing those cleats and wearing that helmet. And yes, it's now sort of starting to sound like I'm angry at Mayfield for simply wearing his regulation attire, but it's so much more than that. Roethlisberger represents something bygone in this game, the masculine urge to just rub some dirt on it, the weathered oakiness in his chin, the hardened calluses of his kneecaps, which probably shouldn't be that way. I don't care what team you're a fan of, and I really hope I've made that clear. Do not tell me what team you're a fan of. I have less than no interest. I have other problems, like where that really big bug I just slapped against the bathroom wall went after I took the tissue away. Oh no, probably into one of my orifices, right? Oh no, probably. So, in conclusion, Baker Mayfield rot in hell, which is my way of saying welcome to the Las Vegas Raiders backup job next year. Perhaps after 12 years as a number two, Baker can grow up and go out with half the grace exuded by one of Ben Roethlisberger's, again, very strangely calloused kneecaps. They're like wizened old oak trees. Do not look them square in the knee eyes. My thanks to Luke Null. See you all next Thursday.